Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast, the podcast focused on helping civil engineering professionals succeed by exposing them to interesting civil engineering projects and successful civil engineering professionals around the world. Hosts Anthony Fasano and Christian Knudsen had successful but unconventional civil engineering careers and now focus on helping civil engineering professionals achieve their goals in work and life. Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and this is the podcast specifically for civil engineers who want to succeed. I am super excited to bring you this podcast episode for two reasons. Firstly, in this episode, I speak with ASCE National President, that's the American Society of Civil Engineers National President, Christina Swallow. She's been an amazing president. She's been all over the place, and she's done so much for the civil engineering community. I'm thrilled to speak with her. And it's also the first episode of a special five-episode series on infrastructure. So this is airing on an off day as our usual Wednesday shows, because these are extra shows that we're throwing in there, because it's a topic that we really, really want to focus on. In fact, today, the day we're publishing this episode is the last day of Infrastructure Week, which ran from May 14th to May 21st. And so we decided to launch this five-episode series today to continue to carry the conversation about infrastructure forward because we know how important of a conversation it is. Bottom line is infrastructure is failing everywhere. And as a civil engineering community, we need to do our part to try to help that and move that forward and improve infrastructure or rebuild it. And Christina talks a lot about that in this episode. She talks about sustainable infrastructure. We don't want to just go around and building things. We need to get to the why beneath why we're building them and think about the long-term sustainability. And it was a really, really powerful interview, in my opinion. I mean, it was amazing to get to chat with her for a while. I know how busy she is, but she gave us some really well-thought-out answers on this whole infrastructure issue, which is a big issue. In the next episode in this series, we're going to talk to Professor Ayub, who is an expert in risk analysis, and he's done a lot of work on how climate change has impacted or is impacting infrastructure and how it will impact infrastructure going forward. So we got a a really awesome series and then we'll have some other experts behind that. And to kind of kick things off before I introduce Christina formally, I do want to recognize our two sponsors for this five episode series. These podcast series, they do take a lot of work and they do have costs associated with them. And so we were thrilled to be able to get two sponsors to sponsor this series, Red Vector and Dan Foss. Firstly, I'm happy to welcome a new sponsor of the Civil Engineering Podcast, Red Vector. Red Vector, a Vector Solutions brand, is a leading provider of online continuing education and performance support solutions for the architecture, engineering, construction, and facilities management fields. When you train with Red Vector, you'll be in good company with the other industry-leading organizations and professionals who have chosen to reduce risk, ensure compliance, hone skills, and meet their CE or PDH requirements. More on Red Vector later on in the episode. Now, let me take a moment to tell you about our other sponsor for this infrastructure series, Danfoss. Danfoss is a company that is focused on building the sustainable communities of the future. They dream up and manufacture a lot of the solutions that go into all kinds of different infrastructure systems. They call it engineering tomorrow. As we'll be discussing here in this special series, and specifically in this episode today, we need smarter infrastructure solutions to support urban centers as they grow. Danfoss has a project 
that is all about that. And I'll tell you a little more about it later on in the show. All right. So now I do want to introduce our guest for today's civil engineering conversation, just so you get to know a little bit more about her before we dive into our conversation. Although I do suspect that many of you already know, have heard her name because you probably are an ASCE member or you're familiar with ASCE, but Christina Swallow is the current president of the American Society of Civil Engineers. Christina is a civil engineering leader with more than 20 years of professional practice in water resources, transportation, and land development. Among her many past roles, she served as Region 8 Governor, Chair of the Education Activities and the Diversity and Women in Civil Engineering Committees and ASCE's 150th Anniversary Steering Committee. Christina has a diverse professional background that includes serving as a program manager in the Capital Improvements Division of the City of Las Vegas, as a transportation policy advisor for a U.S. Senator in Washington, D.C., and working as a land development consultant in the fastest growing city in the United States, including five years as a small business owner. And this is what I love about Christina. She gets civil engineering so well because she's practiced so many different aspects of it. And you'll hear that really ring true in the interview that you're about to hear. She is passionate about civil engineering and the benefits of infrastructure for communities, especially transportation systems. She's also married to a civil engineer, Dave, and has three dogs and a cat in her spare time, which I don't think she has much of right now. She enjoys running aerial acrobatics, exploring new cities, and just trying new things. All right, now it's time to jump into today's civil engineering conversation with Christina Swallow. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. Now it's time for our Civil Engineering Conversation of the Week. And today I'm thrilled to have with me Christina Swallow, current ASCE National President. Christina, welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here as part of this podcast. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here. We're excited to be doing this infrastructure series. And a lot of times, I get civil engineers that are maybe nervous or not so sure about coming on a podcast or what a podcast is. But when I was reading through your bio, I saw that you're interested in aerial acrobatics. So I figured a podcast is probably something that you can handle. So, But I'm excited to have you. And I know you travel a ton and you've been doing a great job as president. I just want to say right off the bat because you're so active on the social media and you're very active with the young members. And I think that that's something that is what all our presidents need to be doing at this point. So thank you for that. Oh, of course. It's a real honor to be able to travel on behalf of ASCE. Christina, we're going to talk about infrastructure in this series that we're doing, and we're having you, of course, kick it off. But before we dive into infrastructure, I gave your bio to our listeners. I read it a little while ago. And what's really great about, I think, having you as president is it seems like you've been involved in many different aspects of civil engineering, from the private sector to the public sector to owning your own business different disciplines in civil engineering. How do you think that that has helped you in your career and also as the president of ASCE? I think it's helped as president in that I understand the perspectives of many of our members. You know, having, like, as you mentioned, I was a consultant. I've been a small business owner. I've also worked on the municipal side. So I understand the challenges that we all face as we're working to improve our communities. I also have the background of having served in Washington, D.C. for three years, so I have deeper understanding of how legislation is made beyond schoolhouse rock. Everybody has that basic understanding, but I've been there. I've been behind the curtain, and I've seen the challenges in getting legislation through 
and getting the information and the policies into it that we would like to see. So I think that gives me a unique perspective that many of our members don't have. I was lucky to work in some different sectors of civil engineering myself, which I thought was really helpful just in my work with my clients and with managing other engineers. But I can imagine in the position that you're in that it must be really invaluable. So let's talk about infrastructure because it is something that's really on everybody's mind right now. You had a piece on it recently in the Civil Engineering Magazine. Why should we be concerned about our infrastructure, especially here in the United States? So our first canon, ASCE's first canon, part of our code of ethics, talks about holding paramount the public health, safety, and welfare. And our infrastructure is how we do that, is how we ensure that we have, that we are able to keep our public healthy and keep them safe. And when we fail to invest in it, it ends up not just harming us or potentially creating harm to us in the public health and safety realm, but it also hurts our economy. One of the things that we look at is the fact that we're looking at roughly doubling or needing to roughly double the investment between now and 2025. So from just over, so $2.6 trillion to $4.6 trillion is where we need to be. If we don't do that, if we don't invest an additional $2 trillion in that time frame, our GDP will suffer by $3.9 trillion. So it hurts our economy, but there's so many other pieces of it that go back to that public health, safety, and welfare. I like to talk a lot about drinking water and the fact that we waste billions of gallons of water every single day through leaky pipes. And while there are many areas of our community, of our country, that have adequate access to drinking water, uh, living in the desert southwest and right next to California, we know that we do not have a plentiful supply. We may have an adequate supply, but we certainly don't have any water that we can afford to waste. We hear about this stuff a lot. You hear the word infrastructure now. It seems to be every time you watch the news, you're hearing something, whether it's the president of our country saying we need to invest in infrastructure, other legislators, senators. We see your piece in the in the magazine. We see all kinds of stuff on social media about infrastructure. And all that, I think, serves a purpose to get it out there. And we're thinking about it. And people want to move in that direction. But as a civil engineer, because our listeners are civil engineers, and they're seeing the news, they're reading messages from you and, and other sources, what can we actually do beyond just reading about this? How can we actually take action to help improve the infrastructure? There are a couple of ways that we can step out and do better to improve our infrastructure. The first way and the one that we talk about the most when in our articles and in our emails is to advocate, to be active advocates for our infrastructure. ASC has a really great program. It's a key contact program where you sign up and you might receive maybe, I don't know, 10 more emails a year, in a year. And But when you receive those emails, they're asking for action right then because Congress is working to act. So maybe there's a hearing on a piece of legislation or maybe it's actually on the Senate floor getting ready to vote. And ASC is telling us that that's when our voice counts the most because it's not going to get mixed up in some other policy debate. It's actually when the policy discussion is on infrastructure. And it's like three clicks. It takes a minute and a half maybe to send an email to our legislator telling them how they need to vote or telling them a piece of policy that's critical to make sure is included in that legislation. When I worked in Washington, D.C., I worked during the Affordable Care Act. I was in the, on the Hill during the Affordable Care Act. And whether or not you like the bill or the legislation, 
enough Americans cared about that, that our phone system shut down. And I can tell you that never, we never ran that risk with any piece of infrastructure policy that we debated while I was there in the three years. And in fact, more often than not, when my boss asked me how many voters had we heard from, the answer was zero to none. And it's hard for us to ask our legislators to invest in our infrastructure if nobody is knocking at their door when it's important, telling them you need to vote on this. It's great that ASC has programs like this. In fact, in episode 69 of the Civil Engineering Podcast, we interviewed a young engineer in Long Island who talked quite a bit about how he was kind of made aware of legislation through ASCE, and he's been involved in the key contact program and the legislative fly-in, and he really broke down what it means. So if you're interested in that, you want to get even more details on that, you could check out our episode number 69, which we can link to in this episode. But I think it's important to understand that there are vehicles available for you to actually get involved in infrastructure. Because when you watch the news and you read the articles and you say, oh, wow, this is an interesting topic, that's just not enough to actually move the needle and get things done. What our hopes with this infrastructure series is that not only can we make more civil engineers aware of the situation, but really kind of inspire you to take action on the situation and help the ASCs and the Christinas that are out there advocating for us themselves, for a large group of us, we need to all go out there or else it's not going to get done. And so we need to continue to do that. Christina, I want to talk a little bit about infrastructure in terms of future infrastructure, how maybe we got into this problem and how to avoid it in the future. I interviewed an interesting gentleman who was a civil engineer by trade, now runs a nonprofit called Strong Towns. And he talks a lot about how he thinks a lot of these infrastructure problems we caused ourselves because when we build some of these larger infrastructure projects, we build them, but we don't necessarily consider the cost for the municipalities that are going to have to maintain them. And that then what happens is, of course, they can't. They don't have the money to maintain them. They don't have the money to upkeep them. And then we have the degradation of the infrastructure and we get to kind of where we are today. So as people are talking so much about investing in our infrastructure and getting more funding and building these more projects, what can we do to try to ensure that we're building projects that are sustainable on a long-term basis so that we don't end up here again or future generations don't end up here again? You know, one of the things I like about our profession is that we are a learning profession and that we know that we don't build the things uh, the same way we used to build them. So if we were to build a bridge today, we would build it a lot differently than we might have built the Golden Gate or the Brooklyn Bridge, right? We learn, we develop new materials, we develop new solutions. And I think that's part of the answer to this. So one of the things there's like, I would say there's three pieces to this. There's the sustainable and resilience, sustainability, resilience piece. We definitely don't have enough money to build anything twice. So we need to be making sure that we're considering sustainability and resiliency from the outset of our project design. And I think to do that leads me right into the second piece. We need to become better systems thinkers. We can't uh, just look at our projects as projects. Each of our projects today is linked to many other projects, is linked to a system, and will have impacts on that system, possibly negative, definitely, hopefully positive. But we need to be thinking about our projects as part of a system. One of the things I like to talk about, again, I mentioned drinking water earlier, is I was in a community and they have plenty of drinking water availability. They're in one of the more wet areas of our country. And so drinking water scarcity is not really a concern for them. 
So they don't have any conservation programs. Uh, they're not working conservation. They're not talking to their community about conservation. Well, as a result, their wastewater treatment systems have to be larger. And so thinking about how our water system might interplay with our wastewater treatment system or thinking about how our water system is directly linked to our energy and how those interplay and being aware of how we might be able to adapt our projects to be smarter about them and reduce the overall system impact of the project. And the last thing I'd like to talk about is life cycle costs. When we were building projects in the past, we were building projects to be there for forever. The Hoover Dam is going to be there, knock on wood, forever. And so they built it and they weren't necessarily considering and they probably didn't have as many resources as we do to consider options, but we need to be considering about the life cycle cost and where possible investing in the project to reduce the overall life cycle cost. This gets back into advocacy though. You need to have strong relationships with your elected leaders and with your clients so that you can have that conversation and you can suggest alternate materials or suggest an alternate design that may cost a little bit more up front, but overall will reduce the life cycle cost of the project and will enable our municipalities to better maintain those for the long term. Well, that's great. I really appreciate those answers because part of what we're trying to do with this special infrastructure series on the civil engineering podcast is to not only inspire civil engineers to get more active and to advocate, which of course is one of the themes here, but also to think about your projects on this very kind of holistic basis, as Christina touched on different points, to think about with the long-term kind of viability of your project. Because I think as civil engineers, we do have this responsibility to think about that beyond just, okay, we've got these infrastructure projects. That's great. We've got the funding. We're going to get these projects. All that stuff is a big part of growing your engineering company. But also what we do is we do the best we can for the public and to improve basically our built world. It's great to hear Christina talk about those different points that we can consider. And I hope that you'll consider them and think about them. And, and we'll also link to this episode with uh, Chuck from Strong Towns because what he's doing is really interesting. And some of the things that he talked about in terms of infrastructure and in terms of future investments was interesting. And I think you'll all find that very interesting if you haven't heard that one. I just want to take a short break here from the interview with Christina to thank our infrastructure series sponsor again, Red Vector. The team at Red Vector believes knowledge is the most powerful tool available for helping people enrich their lives and meet their professional goals. Red Vector's industry-leading online library includes more than 1,500 engaging, accredited courses developed to meet your continuing education requirements and enhance critical skills. Keep pace with an ever-evolving industry. Train with Red Vector. To find out more about Red Vector continuing education, visit redvector.com. And I will just mention that the quality of Red Vector's courses is really, really amazing. I can vouch for that firsthand. I flew down there myself and I've recorded several courses that are in their AEC success library that we've gotten very good feedback on. So again, you could check out all of their courses and training at redvector.com. All right. So Christina, what would you like to see more of? from civil engineers in regard to infrastructure here in the next, in the short term, while you're president and beyond, but what would you like to see them start to do a little bit more of? When I've been on the road, I've been talking a lot about having more courageous conversations. So I think it really goes back to what I ended with on that last question is 
how do we develop relationships so that it's not a risk to suggest an alternate design or suggest an alternate project. One of the projects I like to talk about frequently is a right turn lane. And there's a right turn lane being built uh, near my house. And and it's likely the best solution. However, we didn't ask our consultant to consider multiple options, nor did they ask us what the actual problem was that we're trying to solve. And so opening up and being system thinkers, being willing to take a little bit of a risk whether we're consultants, whether we're clients, trusting each other and say, hey, what's the problem you're trying to solve? Or would you mind if we took a look at this and know that that's going to build better systems in the future? Or if the project ends up being the exact same, making sure that everybody understands all of the outcomes of that decision so that when you build the project, you understand that it might change the timing on your signal and therefore, you know, you're going to have pedestrians that are crossing and exposed for longer distances. As Chuck has mentioned in the past, when you widen your roads, you lose taxable land. So there's all of these outcomes. And I think we as engineers need to get back to those big picture thinkers and be willing to have courageous conversations, both between us as clients and consultants, but also with our elected leaders. That's what I would like to see. That's really well said. I think you nailed it in terms of when you think about a project, the way I think about it is a project can do two things. It can put a Band-Aid on a problem that's probably going to reoccur again, or it can be a really sustainable, long-term, positive solution for all parties involved. And I think if you don't ask the questions that you refer to between the designer and the public and all the parties involved, then you're not getting to the why we really need this. Oftentimes, you can create a very expensive Band-Aid that eventually is going to come off, and then you're going to have to go back to the drawing board as opposed to creating a really long-term sustainable solution. I mean, it just happened. It's funny, just on a personal note, my father, not long ago, he hurt his shoulder and he's telling me I hurt my shoulder, but it's all right. I went to the doctor, gave me a shot. They numbed it up. It feels better. And I said, yeah, well, that's just a Band-Aid. Through a couple of months, you're going to be going back to the doctor again. Why don't you get them to take a really look at structurally and what's going on there and try to fix it? So I think that really this conversation so far for me has just, again, driven home the importance of the role of civil engineers in the world right now and going forward is if you think you're not in a profession that holds a lot of importance, I hope that the conversation that we've had here in the last 15 minutes will serve to dispel that. All right, Christina, that's a lot of great stuff you've given us there on infrastructure. I want to switch gears for a minute here and just ask you a couple of questions about being the national president for ASCE. For those of us that are members and are watching you on social media, we're seeing you travel around, we're seeing you speak to a lot of groups and represent this in a lot of great ways, which is awesome. But what is really the typical day or week look like for you as an ASCE president? What are things that you're doing that are happening on a regular basis for you? I'm not actually sure there is a typical week right now. There's so much going on. So one of the things that I like to make sure everybody understands is that we choose the level of travel that we want to do. So there's no requirement for huge level of travel. But one of the things I decided when I was running is that I was going to go both feet, right, and jump in and take on as much as I could. So I've been traveling a lot lately. And one of the things, so I'm trying to think about what that typical day, obviously, there's a lot of the admin stuff just having to, you know, manage the travel. I have a lot of support from ASC staff on that. There's also a lot of organizational management. So, you know, planning out what our next board meeting is going to look like, 
addressing questions and concerns from members and from committees and planning that piece of it. And then the last part is what you're seeing on social media, the opportunity to go out and to visit with our members and to hear and to listen and to engage. And some of my favorite meetings have been when I've been able to get outside of my professional practice area and learn about what fellow civil engineers are doing in areas that I'd never considered that I could be part of. So a couple of weeks ago, I got to go to the Earth and Space Conference and meet engineers, civil engineers at NASA who are working to figure out how do we get, what structures do we need here on the U.S. or on the Earth to launch these rockets, right? So there's huge amounts of structural engineering that goes into that. But then also, what do we need up there, out there? How do we process water? What types of, how do we do construction in a microgravity environment? What's their soil, or as I learned at the conference, regolith like, and how do we construct with that? So learning that, or just in the last week, I was at the Offshore Technology Conference, and I got to meet with civil engineers who work for Shell. And they were telling me about these magnificent structures that they build, which makes sense. If we step back and we think about it, of course, civil engineers are involved in that, but we don't often think about that. And so it's been really cool to meet the engineers who are doing the things that I do and that matter to every single one of us in the United States and across the globe in terms of our public health, safety, and welfare. But it's also really cool to meet those engineers that are the dreamers and they're developing systems that are going to, A, get us out into space or B, get us to new, deeper frontiers in our own Earth. That reinforces how many different opportunities there are for civil engineers. And it's funny, people ask me sometimes, what do civil engineers do? And I just tell them, look outside, what don't civil engineers do? And, and you just reinforce, there are even some different aspects of civil engineering that we may not have thought about, like with NASA and other things. So it's definitely exciting to hear that. Let me ask you this. You do a lot of traveling. You do a lot of appointments and different things. So how much of that is, as a president, I'm sure you personally have some goals that you want to accomplish in your year as president, which I know isn't a long time in terms of really driving a lot of things forward. But in terms of your schedule and your appointments, is part of it like, okay, these are certain things that the president typically does and typically goes. And then part of it is, okay, Christina has certain goals, so she wants to go and do this and this and this. I don't think that my travel has been linked to my goals. I think the activities that maybe we're doing at some of the events, so at our multi-regional leadership conferences, we were really focused on collecting feedback and input from our membership. When I started the year, and actually when I ran for the office, I was looking at how do we move our strategic initiatives forward. But in the last year, we've completely changed paths on our strategic plan. And so that isn't where we're moving, but it's more a matter of how do we get the membership to embrace where we're moving overall as an organization? And how do we make sure that we're embracing what the membership wants to do? So how do we have this more connected organization? And so we are asking more of our members, well, what are we doing? How are we serving you? And even like I mentioned, I was at that Earth and Space Conference and the OTC Conference and I'm standing there. I'm like, how are we serving these members? My off time is a lot about asking our executive director, Tom Smith, well, what do we need to do? How can we incorporate these members? How do we get their perspective into our overall organizational structure to make sure that we're serving our members and ultimately better enabling them to serve our communities? What part of this job do you find most challenging? That's a good question. I'm an introvert. So 
So I think in the end, the most challenging part might truly be some of the long days and being on all day. So, you know, managing myself to ensure that I can engage and be out there and be the best me for our organization. By the looks of social media, I would have thought that you're one of the most extroverted civil engineers on the planet. So that's interesting. All right. So that's the most challenging part. What do you find is the most enjoyable part of being the national president? Meeting all of our members. We have so many great members who are doing really great things in our communities. So it's fantastic being able to meet them. I love meeting our younger members and hearing about what they like and look forward to the future and our student members. It's the members that make this job so fun. All right. So once again, we're speaking with Christina Swell, the current ASCE national president. We talked a lot about infrastructure, a little bit about her current position. And we're going to come back in a minute. And we're going to finish this off with the CE Hot Seat segment. Just fire off a few last questions at Christina. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right. Now it's time to put ASCE's president, Christina Swallow, on the CE Hot Seat. Today's Hot Seat segment is brought to you by our series sponsor, Dan Foss. By the year 2050, 2.4 billion more people will live in cities. That's going to present a lot of challenges for those of us that work in civil engineering. We need to build better, smarter infrastructure to support such a significant population increase in urban centers. Dan Foss has made it their mission to help pave the way for the communities of tomorrow. They have been developing solutions that make a difference for the past 85 years, and their latest innovations are showcased in a project called Dan Foss City. You can go to the fully interactive Danfoss City website right now and see their solutions in action. Smart energy systems, efficient buildings, and raising construction sites are just a couple of areas where you can experience how Danfoss is part of the sustainable development of strong infrastructure. Go see for yourself at city.danfoss.com. You can also find the link in the show notes for today's episode. And I checked this site out myself and I played around with it and I went down in the subway and I checked out the different components. It's really cool. And I think as a civil engineer, you'll enjoy it. Again, it's city.danfoss.com. All right, here we go. It's time for our CE Hot Seat segment with Christina Swallow, current ASCE national president. Christina, first question, are there any specific rituals that you practice every day? For example, do you have a specific morning routine or a lunchtime routine, something that you do consistently on a daily basis that contributes to you being successful as a professional? I think that the routine that I do that would probably be the best one is I'm a runner. I also do other types of aerial fitness, but I run and I try to run, especially when I'm on the road every single morning. But when I'm at home, if it's not quite every morning, it's close to every morning and it helps me wake up and it helps me be more prepared for the day. If I'm not running, I do some other sort of fitness. Maybe I'll bike to work or do some other sort of a workout, but something in the morning and it's hard, hard to wake up sometimes, but I've learned that by doing that, it sets me up for the day and it helps me prepare and be better. All right, next question. What is one book that you recommend to engineers regularly or just one book that you have found to be extremely helpful in your professional or personal development? I'm an avid reader, so that's a tough question. A book that I read recently was uh, Start With Why. And I think that's a really good book to kind of use as personal growth, but sort of organizational growth as well. Why are we doing this? Not what are we doing, not how are we doing it, but why. And starting with the why, you may develop different solutions. 
ultimately though, I tell people, I encourage people to read, read broadly, read anything that interests you because it helps you become a more creative engineer. It helps you develop better solutions because you're, it engages different pieces of your brain to help you be a creative thinker. And that's a great book by Simon Sinek. And he's got a great TEDx talk on part of the, the real fundamental part of that book. And I think it actually goes back to what we spoke about earlier on in terms of infrastructure is not just understanding what we're doing as civil engineers, but understanding why we're doing it. In fact, there's a very famous part of that TEDx talk, and we'll link to it, where he says, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And he repeats it, and it, it's been a big hit. I think it's one of the most downloaded ever. So we'll link to that. Uh, great book. All right, Christina, one final question, which is we call the critical civil engineering career elevator advice question. If you got into an elevator with a civil engineer and had about 30 to 40 seconds with him or her and had to give him or her career advice in that short period of time, what would that advice be? Actually, really simple. I don't know that I'd need 30 to 40 seconds. It would be be open to opportunity and say yes. I have found throughout my career that I've been able to do all of those things that I've done. It's been because I was open to opportunity and willing to try something new, even if I wasn't sure what that something new might entail. So even if you're afraid of it, be courageous, say yes, be open to opportunity. Well, Christina Swallow, current ASCE national president, I want to just thank you so much for spending some time with us on the Civil Engineering Podcast and especially talking about this very important topic of infrastructure. And again, just want to thank you for everything you're doing as president. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed the first episode in our infrastructure series. I had a blast with Christina. She's got so much energy and she's doing great things for the civil engineering community. And I mean, I, I'm just thrilled to be associated with her in any way. And I hope that you're out there supporting her. I also just want to mention before we end this episode, I've been getting some emails from civil engineers interested in our engineering management accelerator online workshop. Next session starts June 1st, very soon. You can enroll very easily by going to engineer2manager.com and there's a tab for individuals. It says individuals and you click that and it'll take you to a registration page with a video, with the curriculum, with information, with everything you need. So when you go to engineer2manager.com, you'll see the corporate video, but then if you click individual in the tab menu, it will get you there. And if you're not familiar with the course, it's a five-week online course where we will help you start to build the management skills you need, or if you are a manager, develop them further. We'll cover all the critical topics like communicating with your team and clients, building expertise and mastering public speaking, how to network and build relationships, how to become a high leverage manager and do things like delegate effectively, and so on. The feedback has been amazing. You can see all the companies that have enrolled people. Now we've got this individual track that we're super excited about. So again, check it out at engineer2manager.com and enroll today. I would love to work with you and help you become the best engineering manager and leader you can be. And as far as this episode goes, you can find the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. Look for episode number 84. There you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books that we mentioned. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. 
Thank you for listening to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Be sure to visit civilengineeringpodcast.com where you can listen to past episodes and also submit your project to be featured on the show. We also invite you to visit our main website at engineeringcareercoach.com and download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also help to develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success. 